Just a quick note, our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pot is to use English in its most natural form. So, a few bad words might slip through the net every now and then. This episode contains adult language. Halloween special. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Two Teas in a Pod. I'm Katie. And I'm Tim. And today we're talking about Halloween and all things spooky. Yeah, it's that time of year again. The leaves are turning brown. Mm-hmm. The nights are drawing in. <laughs> the ghosts dark. are coming out to play. Mm. <laughs> So what are we going to be talking about on the show today, Katie? So we've got uh, several nice things lined up for you. We're going to talk, be talking about Halloween and how we have celebrated it on ourselves, how Tim celebrates it uh, in his village, how I cele- how people in my family have celebrated Halloween. And then we're also going to be talking about to some other people, so an, an American talking about Halloween, how it's celebrated in America. And then uh, as well as a Mexican talking about Dia de los Muertos. Exactly. And then finally, um, uh, a Catalan from right here in Barcelona who's going to be talking about how they celebrate this time of year as well. They've got slightly different festivals going on. So we've got a whole plethora of things going on for you. And we're also going to be talking about some spooky stories, which you Mm. might enjoy too. Some Mm. creepy ghost stories. Indeed. Mm. Have I missed anything out? That's it, isn't it? I think that's it. Um, Why don't we get started with a creepy ghost story right now? Okay, so this is uh, creepy ghost stories from BoredPanda.com and they are called two-line horror, two-sentence horror stories. Okay, I'm going to give you the first sentence, Tim, and you're going to try and guess how it ends. Okay. Okay, if this doesn't work, we'll cut it out. Uh, (laughs) My daughter won't stop crying and screaming in the middle of the night. How does it end, Tim? The daughter's already dead. I visit her grave and ask her to stop, but it doesn't help. <sighs> That's creepy, isn't it? I got it. I was right. You got it right. Yeah. Do you want okay. another one? Yeah, go on then. Give me another one. I wake up and everything feels wrong. It's too quiet outside. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I look out the window and see everyone standing still, looking at my house. Oh, that is creepy. That is really creepy. He is, he is dead, though. I was right again. I mean, I'm really dead. good at this. He's going to be. If he's not dead yet, he's going to be very dead soon. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you want another one? Yeah, I want to do one. one. All right. The doctor has told the amputee he might experience a phantom limb from time to time. Okay. Is he dead? Probably. (laughs) Nobody prepared him for the moments, though, when he felt cold fingers brush across his phantom hand. That's quite a face you've gotten to. (laughs) My favourite one, though, is this one. Uh, You hear your mum calling calling you into the kitchen. As you are heading down the stairs, you hear a whisper from the closet saying, Don't go down there, honey. I heard it too. <laughs> what do you think's happening there? Which one's the fake mum? I don't know. The one in the kitchen or the one in the closet? Who knows? Who knows? knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we might have some bit of them for you later in the podcast. Yes. We'll Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. So, Tim, how did you celebrate Halloween in your village? Well, in my village, well, my parents didn't let us celebrate Halloween. Really, oh. Because... Why? Uh, well, they said that it was an American celebration. Oh, so it's nothing to do with, like, and it was being commercial. filled with devils and stuff. Oh, okay. And, and my village kind of turned into a bit of a war zone on <laughs> Halloween night. What do you mean it turned into a war zone? Well, like earlier in the evening, so like, I don't know, maybe six or seven, when it was kind of getting dark, you'd have all the little kids who go around and go trick-or-treating. 
Mm-hmm. So kind of knocking on the doors, all dressed up as monsters, vampires, whatever. Frankensteins. Um, in fancy dress. In fancy dress, yeah. Okay. And then they knock on the door and they say, trick or treat. Um, and then they get given sweets. Or if they don't get given sweets, then they do some sort of trick on the house. So they, they play a trick like they throw eggs or something. Throw eggs at the house or throw toilet rolls throughout the garden. <laughs> yeah. Toilet paper everywhere. Um, some sort of trick. Um, but that bit was fine normally. There wasn't really m- many problems with that. But then mm. later on, like the sl- slightly older kids, like the teenagers, just used to use Halloween as an excuse for just egging everything. Throwing <laughs> eggs at egging. everybody's cars. Yeah, to egg is to throw eggs. Yeah. Um, and so my parents just didn't let us outside because thought we were going to get eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and we were never allowed to go trick-or-treating because... Yeah, they thought it was a, an American tradition. So. Did you ever rebel? And No, well, not really, no. Um, it was actually one of my sister's friend's mum got egged in the face <gasps> one day oh, and God. had like some pieces of eggshell like dug into her side, like no. broke the skin like in her cheek and like had to go to hospital and things. So since that happens, my parents are like, no. No Halloween for you. God, I can see what you mean by a war zone, except mm-hmm. instead of shrapnel, it's yeah. eggshell. Exactly. It's a different kind of bomb. Yeah. That's really awful. So, yeah, for me, Halloween was never really that big, but the big celebration for me was bonfire night, mm-hmm. which is like six days after Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know about the history of bonfire night, Katie? I know all about the history of Bonfire Night, Tim, okay. why, to why is, a certain extent. Why is Bonfire Night celebrated in the so, UK? Uh, I think it's, it's more like a, a warning. Mm-hmm. I thought it's not really, it's like celebrated in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. But Guy Fawkes and yep. his band of merry men mm-hmm. uh, dug a tunnel under the Houses of Parliament, I yep. think. Maybe yep. they didn't do that. Is that right? Yeah. And they got loads of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Famously called the Gunpowder Plot, which is very explosive, and they were going to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were Catholics, they were persecuted oh, Catholics. There you go, they were persecuted yeah. Catholics. Mm-hmm. So they were. It was just a terrorist attack, really. Mm-hmm. And then he was. There was. He was betrayed or something. Yeah. And then uh, he was burned at the stake, wasn't he? I think you. Well, he, Guy Fawkes was caught. Standing next to the big pile of gunpowder. <laughs> this they, isn't mine. I've never him. seen this before. And I think he was hung, drawn, and quartered. So he was so hanged. What? Oh, okay. Um, hanged by the neck. Then he was stabbed with a big sword. Then he was dragged through the streets of London behind a horse. Is that what hung, drawn, and quartered means? Then he was cut into quarters, and a quarter of each of all the, the four quarters of his body were displayed at the different gates around London. Oh. As like a. Warning. I think say. that's what happened to William Wallace in yeah, Braveheart. He was, yeah, lots of people. So ju- that's what happened to him just as he was screaming freedom in the film. In the film, as Mel Gibson <laughs> portrayed it. Um, so the tradition of Bonfire Night is to, like you said, it's as a warning to people that are trying to perform yeah. terrorist acts. Mm. So now we like, you make. Uh, it's an anti terrorist holiday. It's an anti terrorist holiday, basically. <laughs> So you make a, you a, a version guy. of Guy Fawkes, like uh, maybe out of um, newspaper Straw, and old, old clothes. clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically he gets put on top of a bonfire, and like a big fire and burnt, and then you have fireworks. Yeah. So the fireworks represent the gunpowder exploding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, very close to my village, like the next village along had the best bonfire night celebration. Okay. Because they used to, it's a village called Sticklepath. Any Sticklepath <laughs> listeners out there? Listen. It's a great name for village as well. <laughs> this England has the weirdest village names. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they used to prepare for their bonfire night like a month in advance. And they used to build a huge stage. So they'd build like a massive stage out of like recycled wood, um, recycled paper, lots of different like... Um, stuff that they got from around the village. And they, every, every bonfire night, they put on a show, they put on a play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be like a version of Aladdin, or it could be a version of, I don't know, Robin Hood, or 
It's kind of like a, a pantomime, kind of like a comedy play that some, for some reason featured Guy Fawkes. Oh, so he was inserted into the show. Yeah, he was like put into these different plays, like theatre right. plays. And he was always wearing like a big, like paper, massive paper head and like kind of like a weird effigy. And then, um, so they did the play and then the play always ends with Guy Fawkes trying to do something bad and then getting caught. And, um, and then at the end of the play, the, they burn the whole stage. So it's like a massive, huge bonfire. <coughs> so that each play ends with Guy Fawkes burning to death in a big fire. And That's then, horrendous. And then lots of fireworks. But it was always the best um, bonfire night celebration in the area. So everybody went there. Okay. Because they always put on the play. So you get to see the, the show. Then you get to see a massive fire. And <laughs> um, then a really good fireworks show. After There's that, something so. quite incredible about seeing a huge fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. We used to just stand there and watch. It'd be like, okay, when's that bit going to fall over? Watch that bit. Okay, that bit's going to collapse now. Yeah, because they, like, they pile up really, really high. Yeah. And this, you know, it can be like 10, 15 meters high sometimes. This or was a big like... like stage as well. So it had like houses and towers. They spent ages decorating oh it. It looked like a huge castle. So they set the actual set the on fire. The whole stage burnt down to the ground oh, every year. That's um, very dramatic. Mm, that was great. I can see why he went to that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my story is really rubbish in comparison to yours. Anything <laughs> <laughs> um, else to say? No, that's it. That's how I celebrated the autumn festivals in my village and the village next door. So we're talking to Noah about Halloween. Hey, Noah, how's it going? Fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you've uh, celebrated Halloween. Okay. So I'm from Baltimore, from, from the States. Um, and basically the most typical thing that we do is to, well, you dress up, get a costume. When you're little, usually it's like a superhero, go to the shop, get something. Um, and then when you go to school dressed up and you have like a parade at school. So you, everybody goes out, usually all the primary kids you go out walk around, everybody sees everybody's costume, go back to class, normal day. Then when you get home, we finish school 3, 3.30, but usually get home 5 when, when mom and dad are there, you go trick-or-treating. House to house, um, most of your neighbors are cool, they're going to give you candy. Some don't participate, if the light is off, you don't walk up to the... Is that a system? Yeah, yeah, that was my, my parents said, like, if the light isn't on, you don't go up there. Uh, okay. Stay away from that house. So. <laughs> okay. Um, and usually you go trick or treating until it gets dark. You go home uh, with your bag of candy or your mm-hmm. little jack o' lantern full of candy. You dump it on the table and sort through it. Yeah. Because uh, my mom had a had a weird kind of phobia about about Halloween. Cause mm-hmm. she's she's not like a helicopter parent. She was one of these people that was on top of us all the time. Quite the opposite, but. I don't know, for some reason, Halloween brought out the, the worst in her. And uh, so she used to go through our candy uh, and anything that wasn't uh, packaged in a, in a wrapper. Mm-hmm. There were no, no homemade treats allowed because she told us that people put razor blades inside candy or nails <laughs> or, or poison or whatever, uh, wow. things that she had seen on the news. And so uh, she had to throw that away even if it was something nice. Even if it was made by a neighbor that we knew, uh, she trusted no one on, on Halloween. Really? So. Okay. So she, uh, she threw it all the way in front of you? Yeah, yeah, all the way in front of us. Like, it didn't matter that, that, we, that we really wanted. It wasn't like hidden. Just like, no, okay. no, no, you can't, can't have this. No. Okay. And then did she let you eat the candy like at your own pace? Or did she like give you like a ration a certain amount? Every no, day? It, was a, it was a ration. My mother, like until the time I was 10, I don't think I had sugar in my cereal. So oh, Halloween was like, I think we were allowed two pieces like that night and mm-hmm. then um, it was put above the fridge so we couldn't get to it okay. and you could have a piece after school so I think it lasted until Christmas the, the candy wow you made it last at least. Yeah. did you ever try and get the candy down from the fridge without her knowing yeah I mean my sister was probably um, more of a, a bad influence on me than, really? than than anything so yes we used to do our best to, to figure it out but my mom was like she knew 
<laughs> and she, I think, I don't know, she she wouldn't check the bags in front of us, but I think she knew when we had been into it. Yeah, uh, she counted all the pieces. No, she counted all the pieces, but she, the kids are stupid. You know, you leave the <laughs> the, the the wrappers around. You think it's slick. You, you try to hide it under the 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 last piece of trash in the in the trash can, and somebody somebody finds it. She knew. She yeah. knew. <laughs> okay. And then, how did your celebration of Halloween change as you grew older? She so usually like. Um, People kind of grow out of it by the time they're 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And you sort of stop, stop trick-or-treating and you just hang out with friends. Um, some people still try to do the trick-or-treating when they're older. They'll mm -hmm. just go around without costumes and <laughs> creates awkward interactions with neighbors. But, um, Dressed as a moody teenager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Easy preparation. But uh, no, like you hang out with your friends and usually you start doing stupid things like, I don't know, egging people's cars or houses, mm -hmm. using toilet paper on their house as well, uh, silly string, the, yeah. these kind of things. And then when you get to university, it just yeah, it turns into a sort of drunken mess. Yeah. Uh, you have the best <laughs> intentions when you're, when you're putting your costume together and then it's just an excuse to, to get wasted and, yeah. and hook up, I think. And destroy all the costumes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, any particular costumes that you can remember that stand out? I remember my last my last year of primary school. Um, there was this shop that had these awesome masks uh, in, in my neighborhood, and I walked in one day and I'd seen this like amazing werewolf mask with uh, like hologram eyes. I was like, oh, I really really like that. I remember it being like ridiculously expensive, um, and. Like my parents weren't big into spending a lot of money on, on these kind of things because they know next year I wasn't going to use it. But I, I mentioned it, and then I think it was like September, and so when it got closer to Halloween, my mom was asking me, you know, what do you want to be? I said, oh, I don't know. And so she kind of surprised me with the uh, with uh, the werewolf mask, and I was super super happy and excited. And I remember doing the parade at school and feeling really proud that I had this, you know, awesome mask and I had the best mask in the school and I want everybody to see it. So nice. like the, the thing I remember most. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what happened to the mask? I don't know what we did with it. I think like I probably wore it every now and then uh, just to make my mom happy after that. But I think after Halloween, the novelty sort of, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted it so bad. I think the novelty kind of wore off and it yeah. just, Mm -hmm. Made its way into the basement somewhere. Yeah. It might still be there. You know? It might still be there. <laughs> we open up a, a, a box or a, a chest or something and just scare yeah. somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thanks a lot for talking to us. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie, um, how did you used to spend your Halloween slash autumn festivals? <laughs> When you were a child. It just rolls off the tongue, that, doesn't exactly. it? Um, I, well, because I lived in several different countries as a kid, a lot of the countries where I was growing up didn't necessarily celebrate Halloween or definitely not bonfire night, which is a very British uh, tradition. So, um, yeah, I have kind of uh, fits and starts of it, really. So we used to go trick-or-treating as when we lived in the Middle East in Oman. Mm -hmm. There was like a, a street that used to go down, and I remember once I was a alien going from house to house. I can't remember very well, but it was just all about getting the sweets and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I was speaking to my mum about this this uh, today actually, and I asked her about how she used to celebrate Halloween and if they celebrated it, and they did, but not in the same way as you know the way that we think of Halloween now. What they did was instead of carving pumpkins they would carve a turnip. Because <laughs> they didn't have any pump pumpkins. No, because it's not a Scottish vegetable, whereas turnip mm -hmm. is very Scottish. It's actually a, a, what they call um, a neep in Scotland. So they'd carve a neep, mm -hmm. and they would do it with their face and eyes and stuff. And then they would also go duking for apples, which is another way of saying dunk apple dunking? What do you bobbing, call bobbing, bobbing, for bobbing for apples, which is where you have a big bowl of apples, in, in water and you have to put your face in it to try and get an apple with your mouth yeah and your hands are tied or yeah, without yeah. using or your that hands you have to put yeah. your hands behind your back and mm -hmm. you just it's just about just getting as wet as you possibly can 
And get as many apples as you can. It's great fun. I've got a really good technique for that. You just have, you, you, you eye up your apple and then you just go for it and you put your face right in. You've got to really dedicate, put your face right in, get, push the apple with your mouth right to the bottom of the bowl and That's then you just shove your teeth into it so yeah. your face is like fully submerged and you just pull it out and it's like you know the little mermaid you're covered and wet but you've got the apple and now you won the game <laughs> yeah sounds so there good. You go. that's that's one technique they used to do yeah. duking for apples and they also did um this is she did this for us when it was halloween as well she made these little pancakes uh, Scot- Scottish pancakes called drop scones. They're kind of like, I guess what you'd imagine an American pancake, which is mm-hmm. quite, you know, small and like a stack of pancakes, a thicker pancake. That's called a drop scone. And they would tie them onto a string and cover them in syrup. And then again, with no hands, you had to try and bite off the, the drop scone ah. off the string and be the first one to get it off. And then you got a prize or something. Does it eat as many pancakes as you can <laughs> from the string? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I don't know if it's as many pancakes as you can. I think it was just the first one to eat the whole pancake off the string without it falling off. Nice. It's, it's a good way to celebrate things, eating food. I mean, food eating fruit and pancakes. With no hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you carve, a t- you carve a pumpkin. But the thing is, I don't think a pumpkin's hollow, is it? A turnip. No, sorry. Yeah, I don't think a turnip. Turnip's not hollow, is it? Turnips are not so you hollow, have to, no. Like, you'd have... You'd have to literally dig out the middle of the turnip. That must take ages. To I put never the candle that. inside. I guess so. Yeah. Well. At least you got some some dinner. Yeah. You <laughs> the turnip for dinner. Yeah. Um. So that's how they did it. And then uh, when I went to university, I started celebrating Halloween in earnest with um, just getting really really drunk <laughs> yeah. every every Halloween. That's the typical putting thing. on like some excuse of a costume. But yeah. my costumes were mad at university. I think one year I went to Charlie Chaplin and somebody thought I was Hitler. And I was like, nope, I'm definitely not Hitler. I'm definitely Charlie Chaplin. Another friend of mine went as a Smurf. Yeah. Someone always goes as a Smurf. Yeah. Just blue. Mm-hmm. Just paint yourself blue. It's an easy one blue. to do. Just paint yourself blue. Yeah. Put on a white hat. Yeah. That's it. And then... Um, bonfire night, which is on the 5th of November. Do, mm-hmm. you, know the, do you know the rhyme? Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the rhyme. It goes on for quite a long way, but it's quite long and boring, so we won't, we won't yeah, say it. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. But we didn't have like a spectacular kind of show, of, like a stage burning down, mm-hmm. like, like what like you Stickle Park. <laughs> like Stickle Park, yeah. Well, it was pretty, I was pretty rubbish. We went to Lothian Park and there was a big bonfire and it was exciting to see the ambulance there and the, the firemen and there was people selling stuff like toffee apples, which are basically an apple with a stick stuck in it that's been covered in like sugar. Caramel. And caramel. Yeah. And then it's, it's, it's a weird thing. You, you eat it, once it's cooled down, it's like a sugar hard candy. So you eat the outside of it and then you just have to eat the apple. Yeah. It's a really odd combination. Mm-hmm. Anyway, toffee apples, watching a big bonfire, having a lovely time, and then going for a pint. Yeah. It's great. That's fine. It's great. It's I, great. I discovered all these things later in life because I didn't live in the UK. Mm-hmm. So you, had, you had fireworks as well though, no? Yeah. Oh yeah, the fireworks. They yeah. were also exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm, the best, um, but when I was growing up, we didn't have, the only time in Holland, the only time that the fireworks were allowed was on New Year's. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it was quite exciting to see it at a different fireworks at a different time of year. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were growing up, we had uh, some, we went to a bonfire night party or something when we were younger and there was someone had indoor fireworks. Have you ever used them? No. So it's basically so. like small pieces of explosive that you light and it does something like, like it does a small spark or something like that. Okay. And there was one that you, you, you lit like this small kind of pellet, this small like magnet sized pellet and you lit it and it just kind of turned into a, a big worm. It just went whoop, and then just kind of very, very small, like only 10 centimeters high or something. Okay. And you just, and you set them off in your house, in your yeah. living room. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're called indoor fireworks, indoor but I think fireworks. the packaging says do not use indoors. Oh, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't allowed to. You weren't allowed to light fireworks off any other time other than New Year. So, okay. you know, it was a bit anticlimactic, but it was fun. It was like science. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, that's my experience of Halloween and Bonfire Night. So we're talking to Leslie about Dia de Muertos, the Day of the Dead in Mexico. How are you doing, Leslie? Hello, I'm great, thanks. Uh, happy to be here talking about a little bit of my traditions. Okay, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Whereabouts in Mexico are you from? Uh, I'm from Mexico City. It's the biggest city of Mexico. So basically, it's a monster city. So. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. And how have you celebrated Dia de Muertos in your life? Tell us well, a little bit about the traditions. Well, basically, we do some like uh, offerings where we put like uh, all the stuff that the that's like on there. For example, if you have an aunt and she passed away and maybe she liked whiskey or cigarettes or things like that, oh, nice. you put the table with all the stuff she used to like. Okay. And then uh, the day of the dead, El Día de Muertos, you share that stuff with your family. Ah, so everybody gets to smoke the cigarettes yeah. and drink <laughs> whiskey. Yeah, yeah or the food that they used to eat. <laughs> okay, great. You know, it's kind of like a... Thank them for their time on the at earth, you know, and remembering like, their yeah. lives. Okay, great. So it's like the. Do you leave the offerings the day before? We or? put it like uh, five or four days before. Oh, okay. You know, and then like the tradition, it's to go to the cemetery where the people it's like buried, <laughs> and you eat the stuff in the <laughs> with them. Ah, with them in with the cemetery. That, that, that's the tradition. Okay. But uh, normally you just put like the offerings. Okay. But there are a lot of people that still go to the cemetery and do this kind of stuff, like eating the, okay. the I don't know, have like dinner with your dead people. So if you go to a cemetery in Mexico on Dia de Muertos, everybody's in there. Yeah, like eating stuff, down, eating. or you will okay. see offerings, etc. Uh, okay. But it, that's like more traditional stuff, like okay. some families, not all. Yeah. Like okay. for me, the normal stuff will be like uh, doing the offering, mm -hmm. and then I don't know, like do some interchange of like candies or we have okay. some skulls of chocolate skulls. Okay. And we just do this kind of like uh, invisible friend. Yeah. And we interchange this kind of stuff. It's okay. this kind of like fun moments. Okay. Well, how does the invisible friend work? Uh, basically, well, we have these skulls that are sugar or chocolate uh, skulls. <laughs> we just do some like. Uh, you know, uh, we put some papers with the names, <laughs> and it's like... Like a lottery? Uh, yeah, the lottery. Okay. And then uh, you basically give like the skull with the name of that person to them. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's a bit like uh, scary, no? You've got your own kind skull. Kind of. It's a little bit creepy if you think it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here you have your skull with your name, you know? It's yeah. like, what? Okay. But in the end, for us, it's, oh, that's so, so nice from your... Your yeah. side, you know? <laughs> That's kind of like the the point of the day, no? Is this kind of laughing about death yeah, or it's making taking like the process like uh, more easy, like with fun and be happy about yeah. it, mm -hmm. not just like be to have the sad moment. Yeah. Okay. What about celebrating life? Yeah, it's celebrating yeah. life, and also like when you share, for example, the stuff that the people used to like, it's. Uh, because it's a syncretism with the Catholic culture and also like the pre-Hispanic culture because, yeah. I don't know, the pre-Hispanic used to put like these grapes with all the stuff that the uh, people used to like to the travel to the Mictlan, that it's the place where the dead go. Okay. Okay. So basically when the uh, Spanish arrived to, to Mesoamerica, uh, they couldn't like follow this kind of traditions yeah. because they start with this uh, interchange with the Catholic uh, culture. Yeah. No. So basically, uh, they start to mix it. <laughs> so that's why we have now like these uh, offerings. Yeah. You know. Okay. In, with, uh, mix it yeah. with the Catholic culture. So it's like a combination of the two. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. So that's why we put uh, things that they used to like mm -hmm. for the travel to the Mictlán. Yeah, okay. What other traditions are there? Um, I've seen like, uh, for example, like the big parades and things that happen. Is that a typical well, thing? the parade was something new after the oh, really? movie of the James Bond. Oh really? That's <laughs> yeah, not, that, so that wasn't like something that happened. Okay. But uh, the tourists arrived to Mexico and asked like, when is going to be the parade? When is going to be the parade? So the government just said like, yes, we're going to have a parade. Now, okay. So now we have a parade. But the, the typical stuff, it's for example, in other states of the Republic, it's like uh, Michoacan. They have like a lake that it's called the Pátzcuaro Lake. Okay. So all the fishers 
uh, uh, man uh, have like the boats mm -hmm. and just put some like kind of lamps. Okay, and just uh, be around. It's like really traditional type of boat. So you just see like a, I don't know like a, the the whole lake full of lights from the fishermen's around. So it's kind of. Sounds really beautiful. Yeah, it is. And the lights represent uh, the dead. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the the soul and these kind of things. Yeah. We're talking always about this kind of travel to again yeah. to the Midland. Okay. That's basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how has your view of the celebration changed as you've grown up? Well, for now it's like uh, I embrace the tradition right now because it's something that I feel that it's so special. Like before I didn't realize how different was it because I didn't have anything to to compare. Yeah. No? But nowadays I see like how we laugh about the death, how we uh, live this moment, you know, from the joy yeah. and not from the sad part of our hearts. Yeah, okay. Um, and for you personally as a child, uh, what was your biggest memory of the Day of the Dead or the bit that you, that you enjoyed the most? Well, doing the offering was always nice because, for example, in your school, they always put like a historic uh, character yeah. and you had to study about the historic character and you had to do the offering yeah. for that character. So we had like Emiliano Zapata offering okay. or I don't know, some president offering to Benito Juarez or things like that or writers. So, so every year they chose a different yeah, person, and the whole and school. Did yeah, the you have like super big uh, offerings. It's not just one. It's a big, uh, enormous place where you have a lot of flowers. We have this uh, orange flower that we call sempasuchi, mm -hmm. and we put that. We put some like a uh, piece of papers that we cut in a special manner, yeah. and it's a beautiful paper. We call it papel picado. Okay. And it has some like a sense of of the dead, like coming for you. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy as well. Yeah, it's always creepy, but for us it's like, yeah. yeah. And we have this kind of like special bread that you, we call it pan de muerto. It's okay. like uh, death bread or yeah. how you call uh, it, I don't know. Bread of the dead. <laughs> bread yeah. of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it has like some pieces of the bread that has uh, like a bones, you okay. know, so you eat that. It's also... Okay. And uh, you know, it, it was nice because you always have like a cup of chocolate and some pan de muerto, you know, so it was amazing. Um, how do you celebrate uh, Dia de Muertos? Because you don't live in Mexico anymore. Do you celebrate it here in Barcelona? Do you get together with Mexican friends? So, well, for example, in Barcelona we have like some offerings also, like if you go to the embassy or something like, something like that, mm -hmm. you have these kind of offerings. Okay. But mm, we don't have a party or something like that. You no. just, for example, now it's like a, the Mexican community start to sell a lot of uh, skulls of chocolate okay. and sell it here for your friends because it's funny because mm -hmm. imagine, imagine to to give a skull with the name to a European, it's like what? What are you, <laughs> Why you are giving me a skull with? The name? <laughs> it's nice for us, for us to just laugh or, yeah. or for example, we have like this kind of like little poems that we call calaveritas, mm -hmm. that it's kind of like um, some words that have some rhyme. Yeah. And we always talk of uh, the things that the person used to like to do mm -hmm. or, or like to do because maybe he, he's or she's alive. Okay. <laughs> and we explain to them how the death are going to take them from this world you know, <laughs> in a funny way. Okay. <laughs> and they change depending on the person. So you yeah. write a personal poem about yeah. how death's going to take you. That's right, to exactly. Your yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Maybe doing something that you really like or something like that. Yeah. We're kind of like, you know, okay. special people thinking okay. always in good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to negotiate with that. Yeah, that's right. Basically, I mean, if you are skilled, you're going to be alive, continue being alive. If not, you're going to be happy and go with the dead for this day, you know. Okay. okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for talking to us. No, it was a pleasure. Okay. So, Katie, you've got a spooky story for us. I do. I've got a ghost story. Ooh, I lived on. in a haunted house. Really? Yeah. When I was at university, I lived in a haunted house. Come on, tell us. You want to hear more. about it? Yeah. Okay. So, we lived in this big uh, Georgian house that was completely detached. There was no houses on either side. and had a big garden. And it was, um, 
it had been at one time a whole house, but it had been separated into a basement flat and then a flat above. So you had to go down the stairs to get into our flat. And I lived there with four girls. And one of the rooms had a little fireplace where one of the girls who was small and blonde called Sarah, she lit her candles in there. And um, it was like eight o'clock at night or something. I was getting ready to go out. So I went to the shout to the bathroom, which was past her room. And as I passed her room, I just out the corner of my eye, I just saw her lighting candles in her fireplace, just bending okay. down like the candles. And I went, hi, Sarah. And then she didn't respond. So I looked back into the room and there was no one there. And I realized I was alone in the house. So I was like, OK, I must have been imagining things. So I went and had a shower. Months passed, um, and Sarah had had, I think, an argument with someone. Something happened with her boyfriend. She said, can you sleep in my room tonight? I said, absolutely, no problem. Let's have a sleepover. So we had a sleepover. She said, I've got an early lecture tomorrow. I've got a lecture that starts at nine, so I'm going to be leaving about half past eight. So that's fine, no problem. I'll just keep sleeping. So as a student, you know, this doesn't happen now. Now I get up at half eight, even on the weekends. Yeah. Anyway. So I remember rolling over in bed and seeing a small blonde figure at the end of the bed with like a light shining on her face. And I just thought it was Sarah looking at her phone until I rolled over and Sarah was lying next to me in bed. So I kind of opened my eyes and there was no one there. So I was like, okay, that was really weird. I just obviously expected to see Sarah there. Yeah. So then I, this was like two occurrences then, and I spoke to my other flatmates about it and said, have you, do you, what, what do you think's going on? Have you had any strange experiences? And one of the girls said, oh, I keep hearing a child crying, like in the middle of the night, but it's a completely detached house and students lived above us. There's no children anywhere. So it was like, okay, that's really weird. And then, um... I don't know, just the whole time that we lived there, I was often the last one to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I always had this really creepy feeling. When, especially going to bed at night, I had to turn off the lights in the living room and then I would like run into my bedroom and yeah. I close the door behind me really quickly and just jump into bed because I just didn't, I don't know, it just gave me the creeps. So time passes and I'm coming home from lectures one day. There's no one in, so I open the door and I opened the door into the living room and standing on a kind of uh, the opposite wall, opposite the front door, there was like a ledge, like a step, which is where we kept our television. And actually behind that wall, there was a blocked off staircase that took you to the, 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 the flat upstairs. It had been blocked off. So okay. the staircase was still existed, but it was just, you couldn't access it. Okay. It was actually a really creepy window where you could see the staircase from the outside in the garden. Mm-hmm. So it had been completely blocked off. You could see the stairs from the small window, but no one could access it. So I opened the door. And as I opened the door, I saw on the step where the TV was, a figure wearing a, a white dress with blonde hair, holding a candle looking at me and it was completely dark in the room I just remember seeing the light shining on her face and I saw this and I just about pooed my pants and really quickly like felt for the light switch turned the light switch on really quickly and then it was gone what? But the light so you it really saw, gave me a fright the light you saw before was the light from the candle I, I think it might have been if this is real <laughs> if this is not a figment of my imagination then I think that that's maybe what I had seen before it all kind of ties together mm. so and it was always the same figure it was always like the same figure girl. always the same figure blonde girl yeah mm. so I then told my flatmates again about this later on when they came home And my flatmate's boyfriend at that time was working for the council. So he looked up the records of the flat in Mm -hmm. uh, where where we were, this old house. And it used to be an orphanage. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck. That is like... That explains like maybe the child crying. Maybe this figure I saw. Yeah. That's like horror horror movie classic... Um, story now, the old orphanage. The old orphanage. Still haunted. The creepy the... blonde child wearing a nightgown. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. I don't know. I don't know if that really happened. I've told that story so many times now that uh, I don't know if I remember the me- mm-hmm. memory or if I remember telling the story. Yeah. Those typical things. But that's, you know. It's a good. Creepy experience. It is very for creepy. Halloween. Ooh. There you go. Let us know if you've had any creepy ghost stories or happenings happen to you. We're on a mission to avoid repetition with five ways to say. Five ways to say. Okay. So we've got some expressions uh, that you can use related to Halloween this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, first of all, let me just have a look at the list, to wear a fancy dress. Mm-hmm. This is when you put on a costume yep. and you um, dance around like an idiot in a costume. For example, um, you. what was the last fancy dress costume you wore? The last fancy dress costume I wore was... You sprung that on me. <laughs> I think I've done I've worn fancy dress a lot yeah um, you've dressed up as Bowie a few times David dressed Bowie. up as David Bowie several times yeah so we use the, the expression yeah. to dress up as mm-hmm. and then the thing I once dressed up as a werewolf oh that's a, that I, would be a good one I stuck lots of uh, wool different colored wool to my face <laughs> took a long Go, time do you have a photo of that Yes, yeah, can we put we'll put that on yeah. Facebook or something? So you can dress up as something, and you can wear fancy dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have, for example, wear fancy dress to a party. Yeah, and you can dress up as a werewolf or dress up as a celebrity. For example, mm-hmm. David Bowie or a vampire or a vampire Frankenstein's monster. Exactly. Okay. Uh, we've also got. Uh, related to fireworks and bonfire night to let off fireworks which means to to explode them to light them to light them and explode them so to let them off or to set off fireworks Mm -hmm. for example you let off fireworks at new year or you could set fireworks off for bonfire night Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. Um, we've also got uh some things that Tim was talking about in his village, some of the tricks that they might play is to egg someone. What's that, Tim? Mm, to egg someone is to throw eggs at someone. <laughs> so it's also a verb, to egg. Um, I was walking down the street and somebody egged me. Which means they threw an egg at you. They threw an egg at me. A bit like what happens with your cousin's sister's mum's boyfriend's uncle's sister. <laughs> what was the relation there? There was no relation, but it was my, my sister's... <laughs> Friend's mum got see? egged. <laughs> Someone yeah. that I knew, some yeah. friend of a friend. Got egged in the face. Got egged in the face. Mm-hmm. Horrible. And the other thing that they did, what they Used threw to toilet paper. Throw toilet paper at somebody's house. Cover it in toilet paper. Which we call to TP something. TP being like toilet paper. To TP something. You could say, oh no, they've TP'd my house. Yeah. It's covered in toilet paper. It's covered in toilet paper. What a waste. Anyway, um, back to Halloween. We've got to go trick-or-treating, which means going knocking on people's doors and uh, begging them for sweets. <laughs> yeah, asking for candy, sweets, chocolate. Yeah. Um, another one we have is to play it. So if you don't get a treat, which is the candy, sweet, the, the candy when you're knocking on the door, when you're going trick-or-treating, you can play a trick on them, which might be as we've said, to egg them or to teepee their house. Yeah. It's a bit mean. To play a trick on someone. Do you remember the song? Trick or treat, smile my feet, give me something nice to eat. If you don't, I don't care, I'll pull down your underwear. Nice. Is I that, didn't, didn't know that song. You didn't, no, know, you didn't know that song? No. It's great. <laughs> okay. And then, so to play a trick on someone. And then finally, this is more like 10 ways to say, seven ways to say. Uh, some adjectives that are related to Halloween. For example, something could be very spooky. Mm. Ghosts and ghouls and... Yeah. So you um, can tell spooky stories. Exactly, spooky stories. ghosts. You might have a spooky feeling. A mm. cemetery might be quite spooky. Yeah, makes you feel nervous, makes mm-hmm. you feel uncomfortable. Another word for that is creepy. Mm-hmm. Creepy story, creepy place. Creepy person as well. You can have definitely have a creepy person. Yeah. I don't you can have a spooky person. You yeah. could have a creepy a person. Creepy person. Someone who makes you feel uncomfortable. And that can be used all year round. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then finally, you might have uh, something could be haunted, which means it might have a ghost in it. For example, mm-hmm. a haunted house or a haunted... Mm, what else is haunted? Haunted houses. Haunted houses, one. haunted castles, haunted mm. places in mm. general, no? You could say, I oh, know my basement is haunted. Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever been there. somewhere haunted? No. No? I don't think so. Mm, I have. I've just occurred to me that I probably should tell that story. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's your five ways of saying. Hope you enjoyed it. Use them. Use it. This Halloween. <laughs> so I'm here with my friend, Pera, who is my friend and colleague. Hello. How are you, Katie? Thanks for coming and talking to us on the podcast. That's fine. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so uh, you're from Barcelona. Barcelona aren't you? Yes, I am. And can you just tell me a little bit about what people in Barcelona do around this time of year, around Halloween? Well, honestly, we don't we don't do that many things. Like in other countries, we you know you hear it. People do many more things, maybe in America now. But we, I remember when I was little, we used to celebrate a lot, like Castañeda. What's that? It's like Chestnut Day. <laughs> when is Chestnut Day? Ooh, I, I, I'm not actually sure on the... I think it's yeah, the first of the exactly. That's also called All Saints Day, isn't it? All Saints Day, yeah. yeah. Dia de Todos Santos. And then it'd be just a day, like, it's like a special day out. My parents would you know, used to take me and my sister to find La Castañera, yeah, the chestnut lady, which is this uh, little old lady. Is it always an old lady? It's always an old lady. Well, nowadays I think it's like that. It can also be some sort of, you know, <laughs> well, worker. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, but then many, many, many would pop out around the city, and uh, you, you, they, they had like a little stall, and then, and then you'd go there and you'd buy chestnuts, uh, bag of chestnuts, and maybe sweet potato as well. You don't really do much. Then you just go home and you eat it, right? But, <laughs> but uh, it was it was fun. It was a, a fun day out. Yeah, I always the I, there's always like families going out, walking around, and enjoying kind of the day but something I've always noticed with Castañeda it's like they're enjoying it they're walking around yeah I get, but I guess it's all about um, just uh, just that just like spending some some time with your with your family just but you don't have to be doing anything really mm. it'd be it'd be you know typical as well but maybe it's like the the day that you go home and you watch film with your parents yeah. or you know spend some some you know quality time quality time with your parents yeah, your family. I don't know. It's nice. Are you doing anything this custom? When I after when I grew up, I I stopped celebrating it really. I think nowadays people celebrate like, you know, maybe Halloween more and mm. like this American uh, traditions. Not that we kind of taking taking on maybe. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah, isn't there also uh, something with going to on All Saints Day going to the cemetery? Maybe that's not specific to here, but there is going to the cemetery and maintaining the graves of your actually. You are right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's true, it's true. That I, I've, I've done that. Well, not myself, but um, I, I have, I have had friends that uh, their families they go to the to the cemetery where the whole family is buried, and then there is the day that they bring flowers to all the tombs. They basically renew all the flowers. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, and they like tidy it up, and then yes, they clean it up. They make it all nice, and they, re- you know, they get rid of the old flowers, and they. They put up some new ones, some fresh ones, and uh, they do that every year. Yeah, for Saint, it's true. The first of yeah. uh, first of November, right? Yeah. And there's like the cemeteries totally. are always really busy, and there's like lots of traffic jams and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, but the ones I've been to there in like little villages outside Barcelona. I've never done that here in Barcelona. My parents don't do that. Okay. I always find it a bit creepy, <laughs> isn't it? But that's the whole point. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess. It's a I creepy guess. Time of year. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't. For me, it was all about like this little lady who sold you like chestnuts, you know. <laughs> that's cute. But yeah, and uh, but I think it's something they 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 do very typically in the villages. Yeah. What the cleaning this cleaning grass. Yes, the, I'm going to the yeah. Okay. Maybe not. Well, thanks, Bella. Thanks very much for speaking to me. My today. pleasure. And come on any time. Absolutely. So, what a spooky episode. Woo! I hope it gave you the creeps. Yeah, <laughs> shivers down my spine. <laughs> um, no, it was really good to speak to all those people. Some fascinating insights into 
the various different celebrations exactly. we have. This We've had fun. We yeah. hope you've had fun. Yeah. Hope you're not uh, too scared. No. Hope there's no blonde ghosts. I hope candles. you are scared. That's I. I hope the opposite, Tim. I hope yeah. you are scared. Yeah. I hope we creeped you out a little bit. I hope we. Yeah. Just, you know, watch out. It's a dangerous world out there, guys. Mm-hmm. Fellow ghosts and ghouls. Because, because of the vampires. Exactly. Mm. Um, something we've got coming up, uh, an event in Barcelona for teachers. We've mentioned it on the last episode. I managed to get the date wrong in the last episode. Oh, dear, We dear. are going to be doing a live episode, or recording a, a, an episode of the podcast at the Exams Catalonia Conference in November. Mm-hmm. November the 17th. Saturday the 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a teacher based in Barcelona... Come along. Come along. You want to appear on the podcast. Yeah. We're going to be giving a talk as well. What's that talk about, Katie? It's going to be about using podcasts in the classroom, how we can help them use them to develop listening skills of your students. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And it's also your opportunity to appear on the podcast. It is. You can come and be interviewed by us. We'd love that. Yeah. Come and meet some of you guys and, yeah. and record little little chats with you. Also, as part of the talk, we're going to be getting you to um, record material for the podcast as well, mm-hmm. if you come along. Yeah, and for your own classes as well, and show you how you can maybe use that in, in mm-hmm. a classroom environment. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, check out on the Exams Catalonia website, if you just mm-hmm. Google Exams Catalonia Conference. <laughs> At examscatalonia.com, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Um, check it out and hopefully see you there. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Thanks for listening to today's show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'd like to say thanks to our wonderful sound producer, Ben Ward, for all his hard work editing and recording the show. Um, to Mark Wilding, who made our artwork and branding. To Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Malena, and our own Katie Wright for singing the jingles. And obviously the presenters, uh, Katie Wright, the wonderful Katie Wright, and myself. Um, if you've enjoyed the show uh, leave a comment on the Facebook page or the other social medias and share, share, share share the link Okay, get out to as many people as possible so thanks to all our guests this week and tune in next time